All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Serious Angler Podcast, powered by our friends over at X2 Power Batteries. As always, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbrett, and uh, I am captainless today. Andy, Andy is out. He's got a lot going on today. We're actually filming this show a few days before it airs because you guys are used to having a live show tonight, but uh, Andy and I are currently, probably when you guys are listening to this, if you're listening to it on Tuesday, uh, this dropped Tuesday morning. Andy and I are on our way down to Charlotte, North Carolina for Redcrest. So we'll be down there, and that's probably why you guys are not getting a live show tonight. That's why you guys got one this morning, Tuesday. We're, uh, we have a special guest today. We have Mr. Chris Lane, who recently just won the BPT down the Kissimmee chain. And uh, we're going to be talking with him about that. We're going to get him on here real fast. But uh, before we get him on, uh, we're going to be talking about his win and also kind of doing a little preview of Major League Fishing's Red Crest coming up this week on Lake Norman. Uh, before we get into that, really quick message for you guys. If you didn't see it on social yesterday, I know a bunch of you guys have been asking for it. Uh, our friends at Do It Molds are running a, a special discount for uh, this week. Uh, now that it's you know, the buying season, especially getting you guys' own custom tackle done. Um, if you guys want any new molds or just getting set up in uh, the first place, we have a code SERIOUS15 that's good from March 6th to the 12th. And we actually have another sale coming up soon. But uh, March 6th to the 12th, Series 15, you guys can get, uh, say, 15% off your entire order at Do It Molds if you, want. If you guys want to start creating your own tackle. Uh, but beyond that, again, like I mentioned, this is Red Crest Week. If you guys are going to be here, you know, let us know. Uh, we're going to be doing shows uh, around takeoff uh, for the guys this week uh, that are fishing Red Crest. We'll be at the Expo throughout the days, especially at the XT Power Booth. But uh, beyond that, hope you guys, uh, if you're making it, let us know. But I think without further ado here, let's get Mr. Chris Lane on. Chris, how's it going, man? Man, I'm actually on my way to Redcrest right now. I was I was gonna ask, so we uh, we are very gracious of Chris today that uh, was able to hop on while he's making his drive. Uh, of course, very busy man after your win, as always, as all winners are. You guys get slam packed like the what two weeks afterwards. You have no free time, basically. Yeah, it's uh, it's been wide open. A lot of phone calls, and I appreciate you guys. It's pushing this back. So, you know, you get home. I got a bunch of kids and a wife, though. It's like you're spending time with them, but you don't want to be on the phone the whole time either. So this works out really good. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the last thing uh, that we obviously we like to get winners on when it's fresh and kind of give a different spin on things. But the Andy and I, like, the last thing we ever want to do is get in the way of your guys' family time because we know, especially this time of year, it's uh it's very minimal and especially when you got kids that are growing up through the ranks i mean obviously your your, your son was competing on uh Clark Hill this week so it was uh it's it's not something we ever want to get in the way of that's for sure no nah, man we we greatly appreciated it uh it was awesome man it was uh it's been a crazy week but hey it's better than not having anybody call you too at the same time so <laughs> Um, what a win. I, I still wasn't expecting it. Um, it's still sinking in every time I just kind of think about it, you know, or somebody mentions it, something to me about it. I'm like, I still can't believe it. Yeah. I mean, the, the guys, they said it and, you know, Panger said it on BTL as one of the greatest finishes of, of live bass fishing. And I think that, uh, that holds very true. Just like, I think just the look on your face, man, when you were squatted down at the end of it, you're like, say what? Say that again? Like that, <laughs> that alone was the coolest part. You just didn't even realize yeah. that had been the coolest, like 
what was going on in your head of like, man, like you grinded out, you got that big bite, but like, ah, it wasn't a seven pounder. And then you're like, say what? I actually won. I think that that was probably the coolest part for you. Yeah, well, you know, I'll let you know what was going through my head at that point in time. You know, I was thinking from like our old format, so I'm thinking four pounds, 12 ounces. You know, I'm thinking, okay, I got to catch a seven because I got to call out a three, right? Or three something. I mean, I was just, I really wasn't kind of like trying to calculate to the exact ounce or anything because I was just worried about giving everything I could to the very end. Um, but when that, I've never been like, I, I, I want to go back and catch that fish and apologize for what I was thinking about to him in my mind. And I'm like, dude, I, I mean, I really was, I, I have never been in just in my mind that disappointed to catch a five, five, because I knew it was short, but then to come to find out and I, I look back on it and I'm like, man, I'm glad I didn't do anything stupid, you know? <laughs> And, and that fish got away for a mistake because I was upset at the fish. I wasn't upset, I guess. It was just like, oh, man, I, I went back there. I had to film the hunt for monster bass, and I went back in that area the next day to to kind of reminisce and, and apologize to that five-pound, five-ounce <laughs> bass. And anything I said negative about him in my mind, I told him he, I took it all back. <laughs> that is awesome. That is actually super cool to know. Just going back because I mean, yeah. If you think about it, like I can, I, I can see exactly what you mean. Where it's like, well, if that fish came off, like ah, it wouldn't have been big enough to win anyways. Well, in turn, it it was mighty big enough to to win the derby. <laughs> and and then you, I mean, the scenarios like you, you take all of that and you think about, you know, everything that it transpired through those last three minutes. Um, yeah, I could be driving. I could be driving to Redcrest right now. You know, so mad at myself for, for not, you know, um, catching the five five and letting it get away. Maybe doing something that, you know, out of the ordinary. But I, you know, at the end of the day, my mindset right then, those last ten to fifteen minutes, Ott had caught a big one. He was right there. Ayler was right there. He was coming full speed. And then again, you know, I'm like, I don't want to finish third. That was my mindset. That was my goal was to fish as hard as I could to hold on to second. But knowing one swing of the rod could be the one that, you know, catapults us to the top. Yeah, that was, I think the way that, uh, like I'm talking with Panger at BTL, the way he described it with him talking with Justin Lucas of like how he, how he exited out of the stream like a minute too early and didn't realize what had happened. I think that was yeah. like the funniest part about it. It was, it was like, no, yeah. Chris won. What are you talking about? That, that, yeah, the whole way that, that went down, uh, that was super cool. And for anybody that uh, didn't get a chance to see the final minutes of it, I will actually link Major League Fishing stream and give you guys like the whole time to go see the whole prelude, workup, and breakdown of that. Because, I mean, really, you had like, was what the last 30 minutes you had two crucial catches obviously the one at the end but you had one that was about yeah. like 20 minutes to go right oh yeah i mean you know that last i guess the last hour and a half you know i was pretty dialed in i knew that was the time and i was in an area where i have caught giant bass that time of year with the conditions the way they were set up nobody on the water except for I have to say the fans were fantastic. They, they stayed away, 
you know, from from the vegetation. They never came up too close. I mean, it was pretty cool, you know, how that operated. But really, you know, just to be out there, to be alone in an area where giants are swimming around, um, I was pretty dialed in that last hour and a half. And the fish catch that I go back to is where, you know, you don't, when you, when you get a backlash with fluorocarbon, you want to make sure that you pull it all the way out because if you don't, you'll end up, ha what'll happen is what happened to me on that other five pounder that I caught. Um, and that was, the line broke in the reel. It wasn't yeah. a backlash, it had broke down where I had already, I never pulled it all the way out and I had pinched it. So it had broke. So I was taking the line, I was wrapping it around my hand. And that was the one that I look back on. I was having fun. I was happy. I was excited. And, you know, I was catching fish the way that I wanted to catch them, where I wanted to catch them. And to catch that fish, to get that fish in the boat was kind of the one that I look back on is, you know, good Lord was watching out for me on that one. Be able to land that fish uh, um, was just staying in tune with the with the hook set, almost like I was fly fishing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if there was one that had more room for error, it was definitely it was definitely that one over your your buzzer beater fish. That's for dang sure. <laughs> yeah, that was one that was uh, kind of shocking to me, but then. You know, I kind of stayed with it and drifted down through to where the water started. You know, you could see water was starting to get a little muddy as I got more into the wind. But there was a stick in the set of a lily pads. And I'm like, man, there should be a good one there. And it it was like a 412 or something. I don't even remember. But the what I look back on in that event, I was trying to catch seven and eight nine pounder right then you know in those areas that time of year i mean i never caught a fish over seven pounds the entire tournament but i look back at that day and it was almost kind of like just i don't want to say grinding it out because i don't like that term i would say just ounce by ounce inching your way inching your way four pounder after five pounder after four pounder you know, to get to the top. I mean, that's kind of the way that that event went down for me. I kept thinking one swing was going to be a seven, eight pounder, 10 pounder, but it was, you know, it never worked out that way. It just was enough with the fives and the fours and then one six pounder. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the things I really wanted to ask you. So I just came uh, back from Florida as well. I spent some time uh, actually fished the Hobie event that was on the Harris chain. And it was the first time I've ever fished for bass down for, I've had family there forever, but every time we go down, that's like, that's my time. Cause I'm from Buffalo, New York. That's my time to go fish for saltfish. So like that's yeah. the one time of year I get to do that. But um, when it comes to those, those pads and the isolated pads, you know, for, for people like myself, and it's your first time going down there, there's so many of them. They're all over the lake. You almost be overwhelming. What is, is is there any rhyme or reason to trying to break those down to find which ones are more high percentage than the others? You know, that's that's a question that we get asked time and time and time again, especially being from Florida, um, having a lot of success in Florida. But but really, how do you you know look at a grass patch, lily pad patch? you know, um, 
Hyacins, Hydrilla. You know, it's the same for Gunnersville. You in in the in the mid, you know, late late year where there's hydrilla and milkwool mats just scattered throughout the whole entire lake, and there's miles and miles of it. Like, how do you break that down? Like, where do you find the fish? Um, you know, we can we can tell you. You look at the points. You look at the little indentions and all of that. When you get out there, it means nothing. I mean, the point you can kind of figure out. But what I try to teach these, you know, or tell these high school kids and this younger generation that is so good that has the ability to look at technology and, and kind of get it dialed in and try to figure it out. You're right. When you get on the water and you look at how much it is, and it's like, okay, what, what's he even talking about? I'm on the water. You're spending the, the time to try to dissect a lily pad your grass fish are they always set up differently sometimes they're on the outside sometimes they're on the inside sometimes they're in the middle a lot of the time winks but not all of the time so i think that's one of the things that when you get out there on the water and especially in florida where it's the vegetation is vast all the time you have to get out there, remember where you got a bite. Remember, pay attention to where you caught a fish because look at it, kind of look around because that will tell you probably where you're going to catch your next fish because they usually, like I said, if they're on the inside, it's like finding a needle in the haystack. But when you find the needle, there's a bunch more there. There's a bunch of needles in there. So that's kind of the way I look at it. If they're on the inside and you catch one, then you're going to stay on the inside. You'll catch a lot more. Yeah, that makes sense. I think one thing I learned as well, and I love your, your input on it is like, especially up here in New York with our grass fish, if you flip in there, chances are, if you don't get flip on that first, you don't get bit on the first drop, there's probably not a fish around. Whereas Florida, if you flip in there and you pull, you don't get bit, you pull it out. Chances are you miss some fish where if you leave it in there for 10 seconds, your line will start swimming away. That type of deal. Like uh, patience is much more of a virtue down down in Florida than more than really than any other place in the country. What do you think about that? Oh, I, I agree a hundred percent. That's why the worm is so dominant down there um, because of how slow you have to fish. Sometimes you pitch in there and they bite right away. But like that event we were in, you know, had a little cold front come through at the beginning. And the second day of that tournament for me, I caught a really big one. And I went into an area that I had found and practice, and I found it by pulling a little bit of line out. I mean, I knew it was a good area, but I was getting some little bites, and I'm like, man, I there's got to be some good ones in here. And I'm flipping, and I pull some backlash out, and I pick it up, and, I, and it's swimming off. And I'm like, man, that that's a good one. And I didn't have a hook, but I could tell it was a big fish. So what I did is I started flipping in there letting it sit just like you're saying let it sit pop it pop it don't and it swim off and i'm like okay the fish are in here i just have to fish a little bit different right a little bit slower a little bit slower yeah people in florida that are like for me anyway when they see all that stuff like oh i'm gonna go you know buzz around with a frog and then you can throw a chatter brown which will work with like chatter wise and you can catch fish here and there but it definitely seems like to your point the worm is always like when you're going super slow and creeping it, that's always what catches the bigger ones of the day. Yeah. Um, 
Uh oh. We should get him back here in a second. Just... Oh, he might be losing service. So we might be able to get him back here in a second. He is driving on the throughway, so he'll probably pick back up here here quick. There we go. We got you. How about now? Good. Sorry about that. You're Here's good. The woods. <laughs> You're good. The grandmother's house we go. <laughs> so yeah, I think we we lost you when you started talking about uh, talking about the worm. Yeah, I was saying for 45 years that I fished in Florida, you know, that's it's always been the same, you know, slow right. down and take your time and you'll catch the big ones. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, going into your transitioning, obviously coming off a high, you know, off a win, confidence going your way. But uh, looking ahead this week to Major League Fishing Redcrest. You know, what what things might you expect for, you know, obviously don't want you to divulge anything. You don't want people to know going into this week, but yeah. uh, kind of your outlook on the week. Yeah, that's a special place. Um, I've got some family there. It's a special place for my family, um, you know, on my wife's side. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time there. And, you know, that's NASCAR country. Spent some time over there doing the Ryan Newman and the Tony Stewart tournaments that they did for the SBCA to raise money for that um, and spent some, you know, days over there during uh, summer break with the kids and just had a blast. Lake Norman is loaded. Um, I'm excited to get there and I'm really excited about the weather. I had all this stuff that I was planning on fishing deep um, and I still got it on, but I think I might take it all off and, and just stick with the shallows. I mean, if you, if you look at it, the, the dogwoods are blooming. There's buds on the trees. You got the sun shining. Uh, spring's coming early right now. And I have to say, I'm excited. That, that kind of, you know, turns it up a notch for me. Yeah, it's going to make the event, like I was talking with Thrift the other day and how he was saying he was kind of hoping that it wasn't going to be as abnormally warm this time of year so that he could run some of his winter stuff. But you mentioned the same thing, that this warming trend is going to make things a little bit more of a even playing field, especially for a lot of guys that like to get up shallow. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, and I think you're going to see some, you know, epic finishes in this thing. We may not, but... I mean, these guys are so good, and they, you know, the last five minutes they put themselves in position to catch a fish, you know, because they know what they need. They will put themselves in a position where out of 40 guys, 20 guys, 10 guys, somebody's going to get a bite, mm -hmm. you would think, to make it interesting for either the leader or the cut line. And I'm really looking forward to it, looking forward to getting out there. Lake Norman's beautiful. Um, it's got a lot of boat docks. It offers everything to you, minus the grass. <laughs> minus the grass, that's for sure. Yeah, that, that was going to be one of my questions. So, you know, having history there, obviously you mentioned families there and all, but, you know, being uh, the Florida boy, you know, going up to spotted bass and, you know, clear water and all that jazz, I mean, that's got to be an interesting type of transition to learn it. Yeah, if a spotted bass is up real shallow, then I will, you know, put him on the scales and put him into score tracker. But, you know, they've got F1s in there, the Florida strain. And, um, you know, cold fronts can knock those back a little bit different than anybody else. But, you know, North, North Carolina is known for 
you know, it's standard, you know, original fish are pretty big. If you look at some of the lakes around, like, I guess it's, um, what is it, High Rock. And then you've also got the ones that we fished over there, um, some of Jordan. those power plant lakes. Yeah, Jordan. And uh, those those lakes have, they got big largemouth. So, you know, that's, that's something that I'm going to probably be focused on. And, you know, hey, if at the end of the day, everything goes south, I might have to go out there and catch a spot. <laughs> well, especially with the, the format change this year, too. I mean, that kind of plays into your wheelhouse. Yeah, the, the five fish, um, I, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I'm excited to see, you know, the format, um, the way that it is, not not for me. But but for the majority of the anglers, for the majority of the fans and and everybody that decided that, hey, this might be the best way to go for you guys. Um, You know, I mean, it has its its, you know, ups and it's got its downs and five fish, though. It's what everybody else can do. It's what the world can relate to, just like any other professionals football field. It's 100 yards and every other football field in America is 100 yards. Right. Yeah, I, I will say to that, to add to, I still love the the fact that these fish are, are being let go, too. And, and uh, we've had so many conversations with people on this show, like Fletcher Shryock and uh, other folks from MLF and Bass alike and talking about what the future might look like. And I, I still th- I still really appreciate the conservation aspect of what you guys do, putting the fish back. Um, but uh, looking ahead, you know, this year you're, you're – Come, you have the hot hand coming into this one. You're coming off the win. Confidence is rolling. And I think one of the coolest parts of it is, I mean, uh, the elephant in the room is your brother won it last year. So, what I mean, dude, it's got to be pretty cool thinking that you might have a shot to do back-to-back lane brothers for championships. Dude, that, <laughs> that'd be pretty pretty wild right there. Um, yeah, Bobby, Bobby's got that trophy sitting in his house and uh, – I don't have one. I, I I would like to get it. I know that we'll give give it everything we got um, to the very end, just like just like we did at Kissimmee. Um, I remember winning the classic. I had won the first event down in Florida, and then went out to Shreveport. There again, it had grass, lily pads, and all that crazy. <clears throat> excuse me, all that crazy good stuff. But um, Lake Norman, uh, Tharp, or yeah, Montgomery and Thrift and those guys. Um, and knowledge is, it, it's hard to be, especially, I mean, I just, you know, thought about that on Lake Kissimmee. I knew so much that it didn't matter which way the wind blew. I had the confidence that I was going to be able to put myself in position to catch the, you know, really big fish. And I know that Montgomery and Thrift, they're thinking the exact same thing right now. And that's one advantage that they do have on the rest of the field. So. Yeah, when, when it's home lake, it, it, it can either go one of two ways. You never finish middle of the pack, it seems. It's either you crash and burn or you're top five. It usually seems to be the way it rolls out. But yeah. it, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. And what, I was curious, uh, eventually we'd love to get you and Bobby on the same show to talk about stuff like this. But do you ever – because it seems like you and Bobby obviously fish very similar. Do you guys end up finding each other throughout events or running into each other coming out of the same places? Yeah, you know, that's very seldom that it happens. Um, 
I look back at the classic. I look back at a number of major league fishing events that we have fished. He'll be on one end of the lake and I'll be on the other, but yet our weights are tight. Hmm. I, I just, you know, he'll be 20, yeah. First, I'll be 21st or weights are tied after the first day. I mean, I just, I, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at that and the way that we, we fished together, we grew up together, we were taught by the same people and, you know, we fish very, very similar. And most of the times it's never in the same, you know, we're on complete opposites in, opposite ends of the lake. Right. And I think that's what's crazy about it is doing the different things. And he might be catching them out deep and I might be catching them shallow, but we end up with the same weight very, very close every single time. Now, there's been a few times where it's been switched, but, you know, we, we grew up doing it. It's, uh, it's something that we've done since we were three years old. Me, Arnie, Bobby, we get up in the morning, wake my mom up. They take us out in the John boat. We throw the John boat with a paddle in the back of a uh, old beat up station wagon. And my mom would take us, would drop us off in the pit and we would stay there all day and fish. I mean, that's just, that's what we did. It was the greatest memories as kids. Um, we, we just kind of fed off of each other. And of course, yeah, every day was a competition even back then. And then we just kind of kept growing up and following and chasing our dreams, working hard every day full-time jobs, supporting families and, and doing that. And then when the door opened up to actually have, you know, Bobby went first on the FLW side and then I was able to make it on the bass side. And then, you know, of course, major league fishing came and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's been, it's been quite a journey for both of us. I always love hearing those stories of like talking about the John bow or the canoe or the, whatever the means was to get started that, that is always the intriguing part for me because it's to, to a relative point, majority of anglers, their routes into it, like whether dad or grandpa getting them into it are usually the same. But in regards to like their route to get on the water is always somewhat different, which I always find very intriguing. But uh, it's it's, yeah. it's cool to look back at those routes. Yeah, sure. we, There's always something freeing new about BMX. Like... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Like new BMX bikes when we had them, when we get them for Christmas. I mean, that's what we did. We'd ride them down to the creek and catch crawfish and then figure out what we're going to do with those. Sometimes we'd use them for bait, but most of the time we'd put them in our aquarium. We'd catch mice and feed the snakes. I mean, you know, we, it was, it was an adventure when we were growing up and we called ourselves the adventure boys. Um, (laughs) And we had a little pack. We'd run off into the orange groves, you know, might hide a can of, you know, tobacco back there back in the old days around a tree somewhere where your parents didn't find it you know just those kind of things those uh those memories as kids were uh were really good smokeless tobacco by the way or non non non-tobacco it's the what is that that um that josh bertrand sponsored by oh smoky mountain i think it is smoky mountain there you go yeah that's awesome (laughs) <laughs> isn't it uh it's very interesting to me how uh and, and i'm to this too I, I love gadgets i love you know shiny objects just because i'm an angler we're naturally just drawn to shiny objects but you know the boats these days they're like essentially battleships as we call them but mm-hmm. there's always something and we're, we're always kind of like reaching for that and it's so cool to go on it use that 
but there's something freeing about going back to the roots, getting on a John boat with no motor, just a paddle, and no cameras, no nothing, and just fishing. There's something absolutely freeing about that. No, man, it is as free as a bird. I actually, I got a 10-foot John boat for my youngest son and um, put a paddle in there. And, and here's the thing. What we learned is you could always paddle faster from the front of the boat in a John boat. You just keep going. That was that was probably one thing that was the coolest thing and paddle from the front. So things like that. It was cool. You know, speaking of the speaking of the front of the boat, I think that uh, it's out now. Uh, they came out with it. It's uh, they're going to come out with it at Redcrest. The new powerful move trolling motor. Um, you know, it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen on the front of a boat as far as the trolling motor goes. Yeah, I haven't seen a bunch of the stuff flowing. Uh, I think the official one <clears throat> was yesterday. So obviously recording on a Saturday. Yeah. Well, Friday they, they came out. There's some pretty impressive stuff that came out about it, man. I'm looking forward to seeing it in person this week at the expo. Um, I know, obviously, they they should be there. Is there anything else that people should be looking out for if they're visiting the expo this week in Charlotte? Yeah, I mean, free stuff. Um, man, that's when everybody comes out. They give away hats and T-shirts and towels and buffs and masks and, you know, lures. And I'm sure Rod probably they're giving a ton of stuff, but uh, I think just come out, have a good time, enjoy it, and um, go by the Powerful booth and check out that new Powerful Move trolling motor because I promise you, you will not hear it. <laughs> you have to see it first, you won't hear it. <laughs> That's, That's right, awesome. yeah. Um, so, obviously, another reason for folks to go visit the expo too is there's gonna be a lot of anglers there, hopefully. You know, if all things go right, we won't be seeing Chris at the expo until the final day. But uh, hopefully uh, what you guys can do is go see some anglers, talk fishing with people. There'll be a lot of cool people to go see there. Um, but, man, I, so I'm going to I'm gonna wrap this up here soon. Uh, I got one last question for you. But before we get to the last question of the show, uh, I know you guys talked about it a little bit on Bass Talk Live with Matt Pangrak. But uh, watching him live on Clark's Hill, man. Cal Lane. It's got to be cool to see the Lane legacy being carried on. Dude, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I, for the first time in 18 years, sat on the other side, sat on the couch, had it live, air, air however the kids do it, where they air <laughs> screen it to your Airplay, yeah. <laughs> Airplay. I saw I was a nervous wreck. I mean, I really was, but I, at the same time, I was like, man, this is so cool. Not just because it was cow. I mean, you got Dakota catching an eight, two after he already missed it, but having my son in it. And I mean, I couldn't have been more proud as, as a dad, but more proud of him for, for doing it on it. Oh, man, we're getting to the good part. Okay, we'll see if we can get him back in here. I'm sure it'll be just like last time. He'll pop right back in. These dang throughways. <laughs> All right, I think he, I think he's loading back in here. We'll get him in a second. But uh, it, it was if you guys have not seen that coverage from Clarks Hill Lake, that lake showed out. 
Like it, it was a fun live to watch. They were catching big ones, dramatic finishes. Uh, I wouldn't really say actually dramatic finishes. It did look like uh, Dakota Eber wasn't going to win it on that final day because he had a, I think it was the last hour or two. He, he caught fish to finally cull up to get up, up on top, but it, he didn't have a big bag on the last day, which made things pretty interesting. But uh, Cal Lane, like we are talking about here with Chris, uh, he was live most of the day catching fish on a buzz bait. Uh, some really cool topwater eats. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, and we're going to keep trying to get Chris back in here. I think we got him. and We can wrap this thing up here. But uh, uh, we got you back. <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry You're good. That. Yeah, you are so good. No worries at all. It- I was very proud of him, um, the way that he handled himself, you know, at 21 years old. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, we were fishing weekend tournaments, me and my brothers having the time of our lives, you know, for, yeah. for him to be out there on his own, doing it the way that he does it, the way that he wants to fish. Um, you know, I, I couldn't be more proud, but I have to say I was addicted to watching it it really was like oh my gosh this is some cool stuff yeah yeah it was uh regardless if it's invitationals bpt bass and like npfl at this point like if there's live fishing on now i my boss i have to say sorry i mean there's gonna be a, a less productive week because i'm gonna be glued to the tv especially when cal lane's throwing a buzz bait around shallow timber i'm gonna be watching i'm gonna be glued to that <laughs> I know I wasn't even watching him as much as I was the buzzbait that he was throwing. <laughs> so it was uh, it was pretty cool. Congrats to to that whole top ten and Clark's Hill and and what a uh, what an awesome deal. It's it's really cool to watch this younger generation, um, what they have access to, and the way that they use it. It's pretty cool, you know, as far as fishing. Yeah, yeah. The learning curve is. Uh, ever growing from a, a from a shorter window in regards to the information you have, yeah. and especially being at the sport, like guys like yourself are so accessible in regards to they can listen to you on shows like this, or they can see you at the boat ramp. And you, you guys are so amazing after events, being able to just take hours to talk with people. It's not like you can do that with guys in the NBA or NFL that type of deal. So it's a it's a lot easier to get better faster, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. And there again, time on the water is most important. You know, one thing we're going to be working on, um, we've already started working on it, but, um, you know, since these fish are so accessible now, since these fish are, can't really run and hide anymore, you know, one thing we're going to work on and making sure that we, you know, hopefully do throughout the country through MLF and the MLFAA is to start getting these fish back into the lake, putting more fish into the lake, hopefully, you know, because there's way more fishermen now with high school and college and every, every, you know, tournament angler out there now. The sport's growing. Um, we need to make sure that we take care of these fisheries so that the generations, you know, to come have the same opportunity opportunity that we have as, as kids and as we have as adults now yeah yeah and that's a great point um for for next week we've had him on the show a bunch of times uh, steve barden who runs the major league fishing's fisheries management division we've had him on a bunch mm-hmm. of shows and our our guests or our, our viewers really love listening to him obviously because he's packed full of knowledge we're, we're gonna have him uh on one of our episodes that we do this week we're gonna be 
we're gonna let you guys launch and you know start getting taken off. And we're gonna be doing like a live in show podcast uh, at the launch for uh, Redcrest, and Steve's gonna be one of Sweet. our guests for that. So that's that's a great point of just like the strides that you guys are taking to improve the fisheries, give back to the fisheries, because that's such a great point. You know, and I've been working full time in the fishing industry now for only three years, but in the three years I have been, the amount of heavy transition of conservation talk that I've been a part of and listening to and the things that people have ideas of because of forward facing sonar, giving back to these 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 species, making sure that we can prolong these fisheries because you can go build the like we were talking earlier, you can go build an NFL field anywhere. You can't just go and build a new lake and have it be done in a couple of weeks. It's a it's it's one thing where you can only make as, as many lakes. You've got to take care of the ones that we got. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Most of all these these agencies, Stephen Barton, of course, and and these agencies like like Lake Norman and a lot of these fisheries, they don't need anything. They sustain themselves. They got mm-hmm. tons and tons and tons of bass in them, and it's great. But places like you know some of these highly pressured lakes that people love to go to where there's never a, a empty spot at the boat ramp when those fish are hitting the banks you know those are the ones you got to just make sure you just take care of just a little bit and a little bit of help goes a long way mm-hmm. yep giving up mother nature the right nudge in the in the right direction for sure yep but uh chris uh i got one more question for you uh, but I really want to say thank you uh, for taking the time out while you're you know, on your way up to, to Redcrest and uh, getting on here with us, dropping some knowledge. And it's been a pleasure to chat with you and hope to see you this week at Redcrest. Um, but the last question I got for you is if you could sit down with any three individuals, they don't have to be deficient in the fishing industry. They could be anybody. Uh, they could be alive now or alive thousand years ago. doesn't matter. You want to sit mm-hmm. down with them, have a nice steak, have a beer, pick their brain who you gonna invite man i would invite jordan spieth i would invite golfer, right? tim tim yep golfer tim tebow um and then one more you know i would i would have to say um you know oh that's a that's a good one <laughs> you know i'd probably have to invite my dad heck yeah that's awesome I, I gotta ask though, because Florida legend Tim Tebow, why Tebow? Just because of that. So why now? So why why Tebow? Just because he's a Florida legend. Um, you know he is a Florida legend. Uh, I like what he stands for. I think that um, you know, watching him through you know the Florida years as a as a football player and then off into other things, but then but being the selfless person that he is um i thought is is pretty cool it'd always be cool like to take him fishing but the same with jordan spieth i mean you know to to be at 21 years old win the fedex cup and you know win 21 million dollars at 21 you know a lot of things can go south and i think that they're good role models for these kids that that are growing up these kids that are looking at people and you know, we all know the failures of the people that get rich quick and and have success and fame throughout a real short career and see the downfalls that they have to see the success success that they've had. Um, I would have to say, 
you know, I think that's pretty cool. What is, what is this, you know, what is the secret? And then I think the secret to a lot of us is, is our dad. And that's probably why, you know, the, the role of being a dad is so important. And that's why I would want him there as well. That's awesome. I couldn't have said it better. Well, Chris, uh, seriously, thank you again for, for taking the time out. Drive safe. Uh, looking forward to seeing you at Redcrest this week. And hof- hopefully looking forward to seeing you back on live throughout the whole weekend on the final day. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care, Chris. We'll talk to you soon. That was that was awesome. Uh, again, big thank you to Chris for taking time out to uh, to join us on the show today. Uh, again, we were trying to get him this week, but the last thing that we ever like to do on this show is try to force guys to get on the show or anything like that or try to time crunch it. Obviously, it's always cool to get guys you know, their first kind of thoughts after they win a big event or anything that sort, but uh, we're never in a huge rush to, to get those people on because like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, family time after a long, grueling event, like take it the BPT, for example. He had a couple of days of practice. Uh, you know, and if it wasn't in Florida, I mean, he'd have a couple of days of travel. Uh, and then you have five. Well, actually, it was really more like a week long uh, worth of tournament days. Now, granted, obviously, he's closer to home a little bit. But, you know, family time after that, because he's 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 locked in. He's locked in on the tournament. He's fishing. The last thing we want to do is take up any family time because like this, he's got to turn right around and go up to Redcrest. And who knows if he's fishing the invitationals. He would have had to turn right around, go to Clark's Hill, and then turn right around and go to Redcrest. That's not much time with family, so we don't want to get in the way of that. But seriously, appreciate him taking the time out today while he was headed up to Redcrest to, uh, you know, drop some knowledge on us, talk about his wins, talk about some pretty cool stuff that's going on at Redcrest as well as uh, as going on with Cal. Uh, great finish uh, on the Invitationals, which that Invitational event was super cool. Like I was saying earlier, Clark's Hill showed out, and Dakota Ebear, holy crap! Talk about probably the hottest angler in fishing right now in regards to one already uh, Toyota this year had some amazing finishes last year, uh, you know, pretty much flying under the radar, did really well at Cayuga. There was several different events that he could do well. Uh, and I would look to him to have a really good event here on Lake Norman as well. The dude just has the hot hand. He's got to be one you're going to ride with here. He can get up and he showed it this week. He can get up shallow in those bushes and catch them knocked a, a big bag on day one of Clark's Hill, and then can go out and live scope with the best of them uh, and fish out deep and catch big bags doing that too. Um, but again, a uh, big thank you to Chris for jumping on there. I know it was a little bit of audio issue uh, here and there. It was a little spotty while he was on the thruway. Uh, I don't know if anybody else picked it up too, but there's a little bit of squeaking. Almost sounds like there's a little bit of buzz bait action. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, when you got a buzz bait riding shotgun in your passenger seat, it does that little clacking. And I bet my bottom dollar that that was a buzz bait that was clacking against the rod in his passenger seat. But as always, I appreciate you guys tuning into these. Uh, Again, we're we're solo for today's show, but we'll have Andy for the rest of the week because uh, as you guys listen to this, we either in air uh, on the plane headed down or we've landed and are getting our things ready to go to do some shows and hang out at the expo all week. We'll be uh, in uh, Charlotte until Monday when we fly home back to the snowy tundra we call Buffalo as we're literally getting a winter storm as I record this episode. But uh, something that he, he talked about too, with the, uh, that Chris mentioned of like Tebow and all these guys going fishing, something cool to, to call out. I don't know if anybody has seen the thing floating around, but, like Steve Harvey out there catching big bass and calling attention to getting outdoors. I think that was pretty cool. Uh, but it's also big shout out to a recent guest of ours who won the Toyota on Havasu, uh, Todd Klein. 
took out Selena Gomez fishing. Like, I mean, you got to be a pretty, pretty popular man and know what the heck you're doing. If one of the biggest celebrities in all of LA, that type of deal is going to hook you up for a guide trip. I mean, that that's a big shout out to Todd Klein. If you guys are ever out in the area, I mean, that's one dude that's going to put you on them probably regardless of where you go. Um, yeah, guys, I appreciate all of you uh, tuning into this one again. Uh, if you are interested in getting some, if you already set up with do it molds and you want to get some additional molds, hooks, etc., or uh, you'd like to just get started making your own jig heads, your own soft plastics, your own whatever it may be, uh, do it molds is capable of it. And if you're able to, you, you know, try to get that this week, sales going on from the 6th until the 12th of March. That is code Sirius15. I'll have it down below in the links. Uh, as well as social media. Again, it's Sirius 15. That does not work with uh, jig kits. So the kits we're talking, you're already saving money when you buy those kits. We're just talking about off your entire order. As long as you're not buying kits, you're going to save 15% off your entire order there with our friends at Do It Molds. We have a lot of content coming up with them, uh, especially this coming year. Uh, We're getting more and more developed in regards to learning what we're doing with it, as well as once I get my own place, we'll be firing on all cylinders when it comes to content. But again, Andy is busy today. We don't get him. Uh, he's going to be a pretty busy man the next two months. So bear with us. You guys are stuck with me for some episodes coming up, but we'll probably try to sneak Deacon on here uh, as co-host and then maybe get some other buddies that we have uh, to help come uh, co-host here and there. But as always, folks, we appreciate you guys and uh, we'll see you on the next one, which actually before we go, I apologize. I should have mentioned this earlier in the show uh, in the introduction, this week is going to be a very interesting week in regards to episodes. So we ha- this is a Tuesday morning drop, not live. There's no Tuesday night live this week. We're going to have a Wednesday morning episode, a tu- uh, Thursday morning episode, and a Friday morning episode. So you can look forward to those. We're going to have episodes for the rest of the week. Uh, tomorrow's episode as well as uh, Thursday's episode are going to be relatively later in the day, probably around that 10 o'clock time frame because we'll have being have recorded it that morning. If, we're, if we have a capability to go live, uh, we'll try to do that. We'll try to go live that morning with you guys. Um, but in regards to trying to make it the best experience we can, if it's not the signal's not too hot, we're just gonna you know record it uh, and then drop it immediately once we've recorded it, so that it's somewhat you know on course with uh, on location with you guys. So regardless, look forward to that. Uh, pay attention to socials again. Reach out if you guys are gonna be at Redcrest. We'll be there. Uh, we might or might not have some free hats to give out if you do see us. Uh, so if you can, uh, reach out, sign the DM, shoot us an email. Looking forward to seeing everybody, uh, down in Charlotte this week. But as always, folks, appreciate you guys listening and Hey, we'll see you tomorrow. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners, where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. 
You're the Searsanga fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.